twelve years and had suffered many things from many physicians. And he had spent all that he had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When he heard about Jesus, he came behind him in, in the crowd and touched his garment. For he said, if, I'll, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and he felt her body that it was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Amen. I want you to go ahead and remain standing, and we're going to go ahead and pray. And if you're having your Bibles today, go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 5, Mark's Gospel, chapter number 5, and we'll kind of park there. She read the verse. We won't read it this morning. Uh, we'll talk about it as we go forward because she already did an excellent job reading the passage. Amen. Uh, join me in the word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Your word is true. God, we are happy today because Jesus reigns. Father, take these lips of clay. Take every part of my soul, my body, and my mind, and, and use me and empower me by your Holy Spirit that I might speak a word that is in season as we speak about this times and seasons. God, I pray that revelation will come to every person under the sound of my voice Something will be said today that will catapult us into our destiny, uh, Lord God, that will cause us to rise up, oh God, and, and, and Father, seize every opportunity that you place before us. And so, God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity. Now, Father, our hearts are tuned. Speak to every heart. God, I pray against distractions and everything that would hinder the flow of your word. Let it fall on good ground and bring forth fruit, reaping unto everlasting life. And Father, as always, we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. <clears throat> well, good morning. It's so good to see each and every one of you. Uh, I guess everybody's all ready for your steaks and your hot dogs and your hamburgers tomorrow. Amen. Uh, well, right before you eat that natural food, we hope today to give you some good spiritual food. Amen. Uh, something that is going to help you, something that is going to strengthen you in Jesus' name. We're continuing our series. We had started a series last week, and it's really a two-part series, uh, talking about times and seasons. And today I want to talk to you about the subject of making the most of opportunities. Making the most of opportunities. You know, there's a lot of folks and maybe you yourself can witness to this, that you have missed opportunities. Perhaps you weren't focused in your life. Perhaps you were sidetracked by some things. And there's nothing worse than having watched an opportunity pass you by 
and then you realize that you say, oh, I missed an opportunity. How many of you know that God is sovereign over our lives? And he has appointed, God himself has appointed, as we're talking about times and seasons, God has appointed certain events in all of our lives. And we as the children of light, it is important that we understand that, that God gives us opportunities. And it's up to you and I to capitalize on those opportunities. In fact, when I think about Jesus, Jesus was a person who came on this earth who was very, very focused. Amen? Uh, when Jesus came on the earth, he uh, did not waste a lot of time. How many just hate wasting time? Amen? Uh, hate wasting time. Jesus never wasted time. He was always focused. In fact, when he was 12, he reminded the folks that, did you not know that I would be about my father's business? Jesus said that, I have a baptism to be baptized with, and I am distressed until I accomplish what God wants me to do. And so Jesus lived his life with a sense of urgency. Everybody say urgency. Now, we got some folks missing today, so y'all got to help me. Everybody say urgency. See, we have to live our life with a sense of urgency, knowing that God has allotted to us a certain amount of time. In fact, David prayed this prayer in Psalm 90, verses 10, to, uh, 10 down to verse 12. David said this, the days of our lives are 70 years, and by reason of strength, they are 80 years. Yet they boast, their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off. And he says in verse number 12 of that same chapter, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days. You see, when you live your life understanding that you only have a certain amount of time, how many know it changes things? How many would say that if you knew exactly when you would die, you knew exactly what would happen, what the date and the time was, how many of you would say I would probably do things a little bit different? How do you know what I'm talking about? Say, say amen. Y'all got to talk back. What, what's going on today? Amen. Amen. You see, so God wants us to live our lives knowing and realizing that he has set an open door before us. How many know God opened doors? The Bible says he opened doors and he closed doors. You must recognize that God is in the process of working some things in your life. One of the beautiful things about walking with the Lord is the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So what that tells me is that God has already ordered some blessings for me. Amen. God has already ordered some favor in my life. God is in sovereign control of our lives. And so what we must realize is we want to take full advantage of every opportunity that God gives. Because what we don't want to do, we don't want to live our lives and then we have regret. Oh, I wish I would have did this. Oh, I wish I would have did that. How many know that if you know to do it now, then how many know you need to get on with it? Amen? Because you never know. You never know what a day may hold. In fact, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to James, uh, James chapter number 4, verses 13 through 14. We also have that verse on the uh, screen for you. James chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. It says now, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, 
we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there and buy and sell, and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. Young people, I want you to hear me. Parents, you need to convey this to your young people. Because, you know, we like to think that we're going to live a long time. And everybody wants to live a long time, right? But how many know, you never know what life brings. And so what James is reminding us is that God is the one who is in control of our lives. He wants us to remember and to understand that he is the one that is in control. Your life is like a vapor. It is here one day and it is gone to next, gone to next. That's why we need to apply our heart to wisdom and we need to live our lives with purpose. Everybody say purpose. That means that we need to think about what we do. That means that we need to consider how we're going to spend our time and our days here on this earth. Because we don't know our life is like a vapor. In fact, one of the things that is so troubling, if you have been paying attention lately, and we've been uh, listening, everyone has witnessed to the uh, incident over in Ferguson, Missouri. Is there anybody who haven't heard about that? Uh, one of the tragedies of that situation, and I'm not going to get into the events of all of that, into the, uh, into the events of, all, of it all, but one of the tragedies of that is that in the midst of all that, there was an 18-year-old kid that lost his life. Think about it. 18 years old. It's a tragic thing. A person who was cut off. And, and the reason why it is so hurting is for a number of reasons. In this case, obviously, because he was shot. But the other thing is, is, is that there was a life that, that we expected to live you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, and his life has been cut short. And I wonder how many people are saying, boy, I wish I would have said I love him. Boy, I wish I would have did this, and I, I wish I would have done that. See, I want you to think now about what we can do and begin to maximize the moment. When I say maximize the moment, that is that every opportunity that God gives us, that we are going to use it wisely. We're going to live our lives with purpose. I mean, no, life is here and it's gone like that. I was thinking about my mother-in-law. Many of you know I just lost my mother-in-law um, about a month ago. Uh, and um, it was... Even though she was well advanced in years, still, we weren't expecting her to die when she died. And having experienced all that, and I had to preach her funeral and all that, and, and it was a very, very uh, difficult thing in many ways. But even today, and this was over about a month ago, I still think to myself that just a week or two before, we were sitting down with her laughing and joking. We was talking about life, and, and we were just happy, and, and, and all of a sudden, bam, it is as if she was never here. How I many you know that we want to leave a legacy? We want to leave an imprint. 
And you know there's no better time to start than right now. Listen to me, young people, you, you who are under 18 and maybe a few years above, I know you think you're 40, 50, I know you think you're older than where you are, but understand something that, that life is delicate. It's delicate. There, there, there are no promises. I wish I could tell everybody here that these are, wouldn't it be nice if God just kind of laid out before every one of us and said, here are all the events that's going to happen in your life. Wouldn't that be just awesome, right? God said, here's how every, but you'd be like, okay, cool, got that. But he doesn't. And so when life crashes down on you, when, when, when situation hit you, the question then becomes, how do you respond in all of that? Because as long as you have breath in your body, you have an opportunity to make a difference. Are you hearing me? You and I, we have an opportunity. As long as as you remember that God is in control. How many know if God is in control of my life, I can always be fruitful. It doesn't matter what comes my way, I can overcome, amen? And so we need to make the best, most of every opportunity. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through verse 16. Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 16 says this. Be very careful. Everybody say very careful. In other words, be careful who you hang with. Come on. Be careful who you do it with. <laughs> be careful where you go. How many know that there have been many folks that have lost their lives? Watch this. There have been many folks who've gotten in trouble, who've gotten hurt because they were with the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time. Is anybody hearing me? All right? So the Bible says, be very careful how you live. Think about it. Be a person of purpose. For those who don't know, if I visit, you know, I, my, my other full-time job, I've been in law enforcement for some 25 years. I'm at the tail end of my, of my career. And I can't tell you how many times when I pull somebody over back in the day. I haven't worked in patrol since 1996. So... I've been a detective all these years, but, but I, there have been many times when I, I pulled people over, pulled young people over, and they say, well, you know, the, the, you, know you got the driver. Of course, you ask for driver's license registration, and then you come to find out that there's some stuff in the car that shouldn't be in the car. And, uh, you know, the person, the passenger of the car will oftentimes get in trouble because, you know, they have some, they, you know, they have some dealing with it. They're, they're in the car. Everybody get pulled out of the car. Everybody got to go through this questioning. And the question always says, oh, well, it's not my car. Then I say to them, well, you better be careful who you hop in the car with. <laughs> Come on. See, the Bible says that we ought to walk wisely, Amen. The children of God, the Bible says that the children of this world are wiser than the children of light. How do we know that God has given us a spirit of wisdom? And so what wisdom does is that wisdom, the Bible says, screams out. I tell you right now, I don't go no place. I don't hang out with no place. I don't just, listen, I don't just do stuff frivolously because I know that I'm accountable to God and I have a divine purpose and a calling on my life. I don't want to get myself caught up in the wrong situation. Are you hearing me? So the Bible says be very careful. Everybody said be very careful. Then how you live, not as unwise, see, don't live as unwise, but making the most 
of every opportunity. Making the most of it. Make the most of every opportunity. Parents, when are you going to say to your son or your daughter, I love you? Young people, when are you going to say to mom and dad, I, I love you, mom. I appreciate you. Thank you so very much. Yeah, I know you've been putting off. You had an opportunity to, maybe you, you got a, a situation where there's a, a brother and a sister. Maybe you got a brother or sister and there's been bad blood. And you've been thinking to yourself, you know, some, at some point of my life, I hope to get it right. What are you waiting for? Who said that you have some point? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Maybe you had, you've had opportunities to make things right. You have have opportunities to forgive. You have opportunities to love. You've had opportunity to help people. You know, I'll help you one day. Why not today? Because you're only given us so much time. How many know that procrastination has gotten many people in trouble? Oh, I'm going to do that one day. Kind of like me, procrastinating. I looked at my lawn this morning. I had a revelation. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm going to get to it. Honey, baby, where are you going to cut the grass? I'm going to get to it, baby. Where are you going to cut the grass? You know? You want to get that grass cut because you don't want, you know, anyway. Uh, you know, you don't want bad things to happen. And the last thing that was said is you didn't cut the grass. Amen. Uh, so you need, you need to make right relationships. You need to, listen, you need to take advantage of an opportunity. If God has spoken to you and you know that you ought to do something right, don't procrastinate. Say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on that phone today, and I'm going to forgive. I'm going to love. I'm going to help somebody. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to make a difference. Make the most of every opportunity, which brings us to the woman with the issue of blood, this passage of Scripture that Abigail read for us. Here's a woman who was sick for some 12 years. Uh, she had been hemorrhaging blood for a very long time. And the Bible says that she has spent every penny that she could to be made well. And for 12 years, she was hemorrhaging blood. Now, if you go back in, in, in the book of Leviticus, and I don't have time to, to turn there, I believe it's Leviticus chapter number 15. It gives laws concerning uh, when someone is hemorrhaging blood. It talks about their, uh, uh, a lady's uh, menstrual cycle, that period of time, and it also talks about other reasons when someone is hemorrhaging blood. Back in, the old, back in those days, if you were hemorrhaging blood for any reason, you were considered unclean. You were considered unclean. You were to basically stay away, wash yourself, and stay away from people until it stopped. Can you imagine the isolation that this woman was experiencing for some 12 years? She was at a place where she needed God to move. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you are in a place right now? You say, Pastor, I need God to move. Is there anybody? Raise your hand. You need God to move. Well, God's coming to you right now. 
He sent me here to tell you he is ready to move. So this woman, she has an issue for some 12 years, just like many of us. Maybe you have an issue. Maybe you're struggling with a loss of job, loss of income. Maybe you find yourself stuck in a very difficult situation. Your career has stalled. Or maybe you have some health issue that just keeps lingering. It won't go away. What you need is an opportunity. You need God to move on your behalf. One of the beautiful things about walking with the Lord is, listen to me, is you never know when God is going to show up. Amen? I often joke about roller coasters because most folks know I absolutely hate roller coasters. Amen. I think anybody get on them, I think they got something wrong in their head. Amen. That's, that's me. That's just pastor talking. But one of the reasons why I don't like roller coasters is because I don't like no surprises. Amen. I don't want to be dumped some 30, 40, 60 feet without warning going at high rates of speed. That devil is a lie. It ain't me. I like, I like to know where I'm going. If you're going to dump me, I want to see it. And even if I see it, I still don't want to get on that thing. That's just me talking. I have no idea why I got off onto that, but it, it sounded pretty good. Um, but, you know, the thing about it is that you never know that at any moment God can show up and an opportunity will come before you just like that. You can get up every day, and when you walk with God, you don't know that this day could be the most significant time in your entire life. Why? Because God is in control of your life. God is the sovereign king and the sovereign Lord. That's why if you are a Christian today and you love Jesus, pick your head up and keep looking because you never know what God will do for somebody who believes. Can the church say amen to that? You see, one of the things I like about this woman in verse number 27 of that same chapter, uh, verse 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, and she touched him. She touched him. Now, how many know that that woman was a candidate for depression? Don't you think if you've been having a, a problem for 12 years, you've been hemorrhaging blood, that you might just want to give up and say, this is too much. Man, I'm broke. I spent everything I got. Ah, I am at the bottom. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? She could have she said, you know what? I am just, she could have sat down and just felt sorry for herself. But no, we know she didn't feel sorry for herself because the Bible says, that when she heard about Jesus, opportunity. When she heard about Jesus, she got up. She got up. Look at the neighbor and say, get up. No, look at your neighbor and say, get up. Don't look at me. Look at your neighbor and say, get up. <laughs> get up. You see, she didn't just sit there and watch. How many know that depression and worry will block you from recognizing your God moment. Are you listening to me? Listen very carefully. If, see, here's why you need to unseat depression and worry off of the throne of your life. Because when you are overcome with worry and depression, hear me, you can't see your God moment. 
In fact, a lot of times you will miss your opportunity because all you're doing is sitting there and you're, woe is me. Every place I read in the Bible, every time I flip the scriptures, God don't do a whole lot with woe with me. He just don't. God, look, listen to me, there's something about a people that will stand up and say, no, no matter what happened to me, if God be for me, who can be against me? The Bible says that I'm more than an overcomer. It doesn't matter what comes my way. Come on, church. It doesn't matter what attacks me. But I am not going to stay in a place. I'm going to get it. Listen to me. I'll often say this. Hear it again. If I'm going to go down, brother, you're going to get, I'm going to get my licks in. <laughs> you're going to know you've been in the fight with Pastor G. I don't care how big you are, I don't care how bad you are. If I'm going down, brother, I'm going down fighting because I know my Redeemer lives, hallelujah, and I know I'm going to win no matter what. I'm coming out on top. Even if you knock me down, you can't hurt me because I'm victorious already. You see, I walk like, I'm, I, walk like I got it all because I do. See, so too many of God's people walk around all depressed and worried about, what are you depressed? Get over yourself. Realize who you are. Realize that this time is only but for a moment, but eternity is what? Forever. So I want to live my life with divine purpose and understanding that I am somebody and I am going someplace because God has already charted my course. All he wants me to do is walk it out. Walk it out. I don't want to go to heaven, and the Lord has asked me, uh, Gary, why were you all those days crying and moaning, sitting in that little closet, in that little room, when I had so much for you to do? There's so many lives you could have touched. There's so many people you could have reached. But why were you? What was, why were you? Did you not know that in my father's house, I told you there'd be many mansions. What, what, what are you doing? I mean, no that you want to live your life in such a way that when you stand before the king, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Let me know this life ain't for quitters, especially in the kingdom. The, quit, the kingdom of God, there are no quitters in the kingdom. If you quit, it's because you have an identity problem. There are only fighters in the kingdom. Amen? You got to fight the good fight of faith. Paul said it's a fight. Let me know it is a fight. You got to fight the good fight of praise. Now watch this now. So, so this woman, understand, she didn't just sit there and feel sorry for herself. Twelve years, she, you, you know, she kept thinking, I'm going to get it somehow, somehow, some way. And she heard, there's an opportunity. Jesus can touch me. I'm getting up from here. I'm not going to stay here and die. Hmm. That's a word for somebody right there. Don't stay there and die. Get up and live. You control that. God has already given you life. What you do with it is your gift to him. When she became aware of an opportunity, she went after it. In other words, see, watch this. She seized the moment. Brothers, don't procrastinate. Go ahead, cut the lawn. Amen. Whatever promise you made your wife, you do it. Amen. Make her happy all the days of your life. She seized the moment. She seized it. 
She says, if I can just, if I can, if I can, if I can touch him, ah, if I can touch him, I know I'll get my deliverance. She took advantage of her opportunity. And how many know that with every opportunity, oftentimes there will be opposition? Let me say that again. Understand that, that with opportunities will come oppositions. Opportunities, opposition. He told the children of Israel, the land is yours, but you're going to have to fight some giants in order to get in the land. The opportunity is there, okay? But you're going to face opposition. Now, what kind of opposition did she face? Oh, man, there was a bunch of people in the crowd. You know, when Jesus showed up, Boy, there was always a big crowd following Jesus, right? I mean, the Bible talked about that there were times he couldn't even sit down hardly to eat because people were just on him all the time. So you can imagine, here's a woman who is sick, hemorrhaging blood, limping, but she said, I'm coming. Limping. And she came. And, and, and I imagine that she probably had to push some folk out of the way. I mean, sometime, in order to get your opportunity, Hear me, I want to say this very carefully. Sometimes you got to get some folk out of your way. You understand what I'm saying? Because some folks are just, some folk, they're just, they're just, the devil just sent them there just to get in your way. Some folk, you just got to say, excuse me. <laughs> Come on. Some folk, you just got to say, you know, I, I like you, but excuse me, I got to go. Well, you can't worry about what people say about you. You know, when God has given you an opportunity, you just need to go for it. And sometimes you just got to get some stuff out of your way. Listen, don't let fear, don't let doubt, and don't let unbelief keep you from taking advantage of the opportunity that God's put before you. How many know that when David fought Goliath? Anybody know about David and Goliath? How many know that that moment was an opportunity? David could have did like all the other jokers, his brothers and all the other, everybody, oh, we scared of Goliath. He's scared. He could have did that, you know. Right? David could have. Oh, ah, you know, but David said, you know what? He heard Goliath talking. He said, um, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Boy, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to take your head off your shoulder. Now, how many know David took his head off his shoulder? And from that moment, David's life was never the same. See, some of you have let fear stop you. There's an opportunity that God has put before you, but you're all scared. What if I don't? What if I don't? What if? Well, you know what? Let's find out. Why don't you go and find out? Because here's how I like to think about opportunities. What if I succeed? What if I give it a shot? What, what if I go for it and God blesses me? <laughs> what if I go for it and my whole life is turned around because I took a step of faith? I didn't sit there. I got up. I, I'm going for it. How about what if that? You know, the devil always, the devil always, wanna, I say the devil always want to put it in your mouth. What if you fail? How I many know Christians, we don't have to worry about failing. I mean, who would you worry about failing for? I mean, live on the wild side. <laughs> I, 
I don't know how else to put it. I mean, it's not, it don't sound theologically accurate, but really, Paul says we are fools for Christ's sake. How many of Paul did some crazy stuff? Sometimes you just got to say, you know, I'm stepping out. And yes, there's an obstacle. There are a crowd. There are people. And there are some people, listen, let them talk about you. How many have you ever been talked about? Let them talk about it. Let them do whatever. But you got to get out of my way because I know what God wants me to do. And excuse me, you can trip by yourself. But I got something to do. Amen. You see, and she positioned. Everybody say position. She positioned herself for her opportunity. You know, how many people, I wonder, have been who missed the opportunity because they were at the wrong place, doing the wrong things with the wrong people? How many people have been out of place? Well, you know, if, how many know if you're married and you're a husband, you're supposed to be home at night in church, say amen. How many of you got kids, you're supposed to be taking care of your kids, amen? If you're supposed to be in church, you're supposed to be in church. If you're supposed to go to bed in the midnight hour, you should go to bed in the midnight hour. How many know there's much darkness happening in the midnight hour? Ain't nothing to do in the midnight hour but to close your eyes and go to sleep. Oh, I'm preaching better than you letting on right now. Ain't nothing better than for you. Listen to me. There's something about being in the right place. There have been a lot of people. I can tell you as a pastor, I, 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 you know, I pastor people, and, and I, sometimes I, I see people like a, they don't show up in different times in different places, and, and, and then when I see them, the first thing that comes to my mind, boy, you should have been here last Maybe That was a word for you. And then they come telling me about all their problems. I'm like, you should have been here to get what God was doing. But you didn't get it. You know why? Because you were out watching TV. You'd rather sit back and just put your feet up. And ain't nothing wrong with relaxing, hear me. But, but how many know that, that, that we, ain't, we ain't supposed to be like lazy? And we don't need to over-relax, amen? We need to get enough sleep to get rest so we can do what God's called us to do after that. You need to get up. Look at them and say, get up again. I know you tell them, get up. Tell them, get up. See? See, there's... There's, there, there, there's this thing about being in the right place at the right time. If you're going to hear God, how many of you want to catch your opportunity? How many of you want to hear God? Here's what you got to do. Here's the first thing you got to do. is start thinking about, okay, what, what am I supposed, supposed to be doing? Most people get in trouble because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Am I right about it? Most people who are uh, people who have affairs, because nobody in this church do that because y'all are holy. You love God. And the church said But most people do because somebody doing something they ain't got no business doing. Or somebody at some place they got no business being. I, I just found that the safe place for me is to be in a place where I know God can show up and bless me. I don't want to miss my opportunity. I want to be where I need to be so when my opportunity comes, God, I got it. I'm here. I'm here. Come on, somebody. And so you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. We're almost done. you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. How many know this woman kept her eyes on Jesus? Did she not? All the crowd, all the people, but you can just see her now just saying, i got to get to him. i got to get to him. How many people take their eyes off? You know, if you take your eyes off Jesus, you'll blink. 
denied Peter. You remember Peter? Peter said, Lord, bid me. I want to walk on the water. Peter was walking on water. See, really, it's a picture of how God will bless your life if you keep your eyes on him. That's what that story was all about. Peter looked at the way, took his eyes off Jesus for one second, and bam, he began to sink. But as long as he was looking at Jesus, the brother was walking on water. Even now, was stuff around him still happening? Yeah. Was the waves always there? Yeah. Was it when? Yeah, it was always there. How many know that trouble is going to be always there? But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll walk on water. Are you hearing me? You, you, hear, you see the picture. You'll walk over some things. And so what happens is a lot of people, they get in trouble. Here's this. How many know you, you, you get it? You get this, life happens to us. Then we take our eyes off Jesus. Satan is working overtime in all of our lives to keep us from keeping our eyes on Jesus. Because if I take my eyes off Jesus, then what happens is, is, is that, that, that I'm in a position now to miss my opportunities. Why? Because I'm more concerned about the things of this life. I'm, I'm distracted. How many know there are so many distractions today? Amen? Uh, young people, I know this is Youth Sunday. We're missing a lot of youth. But let me say this. Um, there's a lot of distractions. Uh, use your technology wisely. Amen? Use your iPhone, your iPad. See, I'm using mine wisely. Amen? Use it. Okay, here we go with that Android thing again. We had to edit my tape for what I'm about to say. No. Um, so so we got we to gotta watch the distraction. Keep your eyes on Jesus. No matter what you're going through. Because if your eyes ain't on Jesus, then what will happen is you'll miss your opportunity. So here's what you do when life happens to you. You keep praying. You keep serving. You keep loving. You keep giving, and you keep forgiving. No matter what happens to you in life, keep, keep looking at Jesus. Because watch this. You know why? Well, Pastor, why do you keep looking at the Lord? Because, you know, that's the opportunity coming. See, I know. Here's what I know about God. I know God is going to show up in my life. I do. I, I am just crazy. It, I mean, if I lost my job today, I would wake up every day with hope. Do you hear me? I would wake up every day with hope. I wouldn't sit back. Listen, I'll be, be working my tail out trying to get a job. I'll be begging you, pray for me. <laughs> I'll do all that. But every day, I'll be walking in hope. I need to keep my eyes on him because I know something good is coming around the corner. David said, I would have given up unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living right here and right now. God is making a way for you. Do you hear me? God is either making a way for you or God is giving you strength for the journey. Whichever one he is doing, it's good for you. Do you hear me? It's good for you. Then lastly, about this great woman of faith, her faith pushed her into her opportunity. Jesus declared to the woman, he said in verse number 34, as in verse 34, he said, he said to her daughter, your faith. Everybody say your faith. Come on, say it, say it nice and loud. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed. In other words, how many know the Bible says that without faith it's impossible to please God? Faith is automatic. You got to walk in. If you're going to do anything with God, you got to have faith. And this woman, how many know she had faith? Well, Pastor, how do you know she had faith? Because the Bible says faith without works is dead. Well, I'm just going to wait Jesus to come to my house, knock on my door, and walk in my bedroom and heal me. 
Well, you can wait if you choose, but I'm going to go after it. Faith without works is what? Dead. How many know that she worked to get her breakthrough? There's something about, you know what, I'm going for it. She had faith. She believed God. She said, if I know if I touch him, I'm going to get made well. So you need to keep believing God. Faith. Keep believing God for your opportunity. Keep believing God. No matter what you do, keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. My day is coming. My time is coming. I'm going to get through this. God's going to bring me out. I'm going to be victorious. I am going to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. And my goal is that, God, when you do what I know that only you can do, I want to be able to stand in front of the church and tell everybody how Jesus made a way for me. We call that testimony. So where's your faith today? See, in conclusion, let's sum, let's sum this all up. We have to be a people that understands that God has allotted your time and your days. Don't waste them. Don't waste your time. Have anybody ever sit and you wasted a whole day and you knew you wasted a whole day? How did that make you feel? I could accomplish a lot of things. I just did nothing. Can I say I've been there? I mean, there have been days because I'm so busy. It's like, man, and I hate wasting time. I mean, if I, if I like, you know, it's like, man, I could have did this. I could have did that. It's okay. I'm not being legalistic or anything like that. But let's be wise about our time. Pray and ask God to reveal his will, and whatever you do, stay in faith. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't procrastinate. I know the Lord spoke this to me. Some of you right now, you got some things you need to fix, and you've been procrastinating. You got some people you need to get forgive. You got some relationships that need healing. What are you waiting for? If God told you, and you know it needs to be done, do it today. Do it today. Do it before you eat your hot dog in the morning, so, in the morning afternoon. So when you eat your hot dog and your hamburger on Labor Day, you have peace in your heart. Amen. Clear it up. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Father, I thank you this morning that your word is true. God, we, we love you. And God, we, there's great peace in knowing that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. God, this brings us so much joy because truly you are in control of every aspect of our lives. And God, we covenant with you this morning to make better use of our time. The Holy Spirit has spoken to you about something that you need to make right, some person, something you need to do, whatever it is. Maybe you just need to get up. Maybe you need to keep living. Maybe you need to move forward, whatever the case might be. Maybe you've been stalled, whatever the case might be. I just want you right there in your seats. I want you to pray and ask God to help you and give you the grace to do what you know to do and to do what you need to do right now. Let's take a moment and pray. Nobody's moving, nobody's talking. This is a sacred moment.
Somebody has been hurt really, really bad. If you've held a grudge for a real long time, you know who I'm talking to. The Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. Just open your heart. Don't resist it. The Lord says, don't make excuses. Don't make excuses right now. God says, I'll give you the grace. And I'll bless you for it. I'll bless you for it. I'll bless you for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. close the service without giving every person an opportunity to give their life to Christ. You're sitting here this morning. Everything that we do in this church, every ministry, every activity, every outreach, every chair that we lay out, every work that we do, it is to see men and women come to Christ. If you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, I beg you, I beg you, please come. I want you to come up here and I want you to give your life to Jesus today. Just slip your hand up. You say, Pastor, I'm not saved. In fact, Pastor, if I die today, I don't know where I'll end up. I'm not sure. I want to be right with Jesus today. I want to give my life to him. I want to stop trying to do it on my own. I want to surrender to him. I want to live for him. If that's you today, come on, slip your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. He says, today, if you hear my voice, today, don't harden your heart. That's love talking to you. That's love chasing after you. That's grace and mercy knocking on your door, coming to your address. Don't reject the king. The king of glory is in love with you. He desires a relationship with you that will span beyond this life into eternity. Is there one who would say, I'm ready to go all the way with Jesus? Ready to give my life today? this word today. I thank you, Father. We're going to do better with our time. We're going to be wiser. God, we pray for our young people. We pray for all of our youth. That you bless them and keep them. And help them, Lord, to understand that time is short and that life is short and to make the most of every opportunity. To every adult in this room, God, be with them, carry them, strengthen them, bless them, Lord, with your presence and with your peace. And I pray, God, that you will open our eyes to the reality of you working in our lives so that we can achieve what you've asked us and called us to achieve 
right here, right now, in this generation. God, we love you for it in Jesus' name. If anybody desires prayer at end of service, you can come up front and uh, we'll pray for you. Um, also, for our guests, we have a, a small little reception right over here to my left and your right. We'd like for you to stop by and uh, grab a snack so we can fellowship with you. We want to love on you a little bit. Uh, don't forget to stop over at our connections table. Uh, we do have some gifts for our guests. We want you to know that we're so happy that you have come to worship with us today. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet, if you will, and give God a praise clap while you're standing. Amen. I'm going to have Brother Walter come up. He's going to close us in prayer. Amen. Hello. Raise your hands as heaven saints. Now may God bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you and be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. Go in the name of the Lord Jesus and be blessed. You are dismissed, church. Amen. Come on, we worshiping all night tonight. So I hope you're comfortable. Substance of the thing. Faith is a substance of the thing.